I've said this for the last 30 years, uh, right about this time uh, during the Lenten season. If you only had 24 hours to live, what would you say, who would you see, and what would you do? Would you talk about the past, maybe experiences in college, growing up in a particular state or province or wherever you might be from? What would you talk about? Would it be about the good old days where you talk about the present, about the, the current condition that you're in? Uh, or would you look to the future? Would you talk about, you know, maybe pass on some wisdom, uh, some advice to children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren? What would it be? How would you spend your last 24 hours? Jesus knows that Judas is about to betray him. The devil has entered him, and in just a few short moments, he's going to go off and betray Jesus. By the way, when that occurs, you'll see this in Scripture. When, Jesus, when Judas turns away from Jesus, you know what? The next thing that John says, it was night. Don't miss the symbolism, because whenever you turn away from Jesus, the light of the world, you immediately head into darkness. Judas headed into infinite darkness. Now he's gathered in the upper room for the last supper. This would be the last time that he would have a meal with his disciples. In less than 24 hours, he would be hanging between heaven and earth for all of us. He's decided to spend his last 24 hours as close as he can in what would be called the final discourse. This would be a discourse that he would give in between chapters 13 and 17. This really is his last will and testament. This is what he wants his disciples to know. It's story, uh, it's prayer, uh, it is narrative, but it is the culmination of all the teaching that he has tried to bring to the disciples all in these couple of chapters. He's talking about abiding with God. He's talking about unity. He's talking about forgiveness. But today he talks about service. The very first thing that he talks about in the farewell discourse is service. Well, how do I know? Well, let me start this way. How many of you enjoy being around your feet after a five-mile walk? Okay, good starting place. How would you feel about your feet after five miles barefoot? That's what I thought. One by one, as the disciples enter into the upper room, they all pass by something that was very common. Empty basin, pitcher of water, and a towel. Every single one of them go to the dinner table with dirty feet. Jesus is watching. So in the middle of the meal, he gets up, and he removes his vestments of authority. He removes his stole with a tallit on the bottom. He takes off his outer robe. Uh, and then he takes a towel and then takes a cincture. And then he tightens that uh, towel around his, uh, around his waist. And he goes, and do you know the first person that he washed the, the feet? And who's, the first person that he washes is Judas Iscariot. Now, by the way, uh, on Monday, Thursday, we're going to have a big table up here and try to recreate Da Vinci's Last Supper. Um, but in reality, back during Jesus' time, it was a U-shaped table. You reclined on your left elbow. This is the unclean hand. You lie on your left elbow, uh, and there would be particular positions along this table. 
Up in the upper left, there would be the guest of honor. You would have Jesus as the host. You'd have an esteemed friend. Across the table would be the one who's supposed to wash the, the people's feet as they came in as a sign of hospitality. So Jesus is the host. John is uh, reclining against the breast of uh, Jesus. And by the way, guess what they're talking about? Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom when Jesus comes unto his own? That's the argument. That's the argument. So who's the guest of honor, you ask? Judas Iscariot. It is the one that I give this bread to that will betray me. Closest to him is Judas. When he gets up, he leaves that position and goes away. Incredible irony. So Jesus takes the, the water and washes everyone's feet. Judas first. John, as it goes down the line, and he, uh, now this muddy water reaches Peter. You see, it was the role of uh, the desi- a designated person that they would wash the disciples' feet, but all 12 of them said, nah, I'm not going to do it today. So I wonder how they felt when Jesus himself, because the master never washes the slave's feet. The student always washes the teacher's feet. Now standing before Peter, Peter's a little bit indignant. He goes, you're not going to wash my feet. I wonder if he's feeling that he is the one that was supposed to do it. He says, unless I wash all of you, you can't be a part of me. You cannot. You don't understand what's going on right now, but you're, you will, Peter. Peter, try to overcompensate. Well, not just my feet, but how about my hands and my head? And Peter still doesn't understand what's going on. And then Jesus goes back puts his, his uh, um, authority as a rabbi, all his vestments back on, and sits down and has a meal. Do you understand what I have done to you, to you? And they probably went, I don't understand. Then he goes on and says, you know, the master or the slave is never greater than the master, and the messenger is never greater than the message. What Jesus has done is Beautiful. The first thing he does is he extends hospitality to each of his disciples. If it's the, role, it's the role of the host of a home, then to extend hospitality. And that's what he does by the washing of the disciples' feet. He says, I welcome you. Do you welcome me? Now, how do I know that? If you look at the 20th verse in chapter 13, um, look at it later, and very truly I tell you, amen, amen, lego, I tell you, uh, whoever receives one whom I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Okay? Now let me change the words a little bit to an alternate word. Very truly, I tell all of you, whoever welcomes one whom I send welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. It was an invitation to the disciples to say, let me extend hospitality to you. I'm going to welcome you into a kingdom that you really don't have an understanding of right now, but you will. When the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes, the disciples are going to learn exactly what Jesus said at that moment. So this extension of hospitality, this extension of Jesus to the lives of the disciples, will you welcome me? But when you welcome me, you're also going to welcome my Father who has sent me. And that's our alternative today. Jesus is asking to extend hospitality to you. He stands outside the door of your heart and knocks. Will you open the door? 
that through this act of service of demonstrating that master is not greater than slave and slave is not greater than master or message is not greater than message, he's telling us today, do you accept him? Do you accept all that he's done and all that he'll continue to do in our lives? But the other aspect of it is an act of humility and compassion and forgiveness. Do you hear Paul's words in Colossians? That when he takes off his outer garments now, the garments that he is wearing is forgiveness and compassion and humility and love and mercy. Those are the garments that we are to wear as disciples of Jesus Christ. That we serve because we have accepted the invitation from the master to walk with him. That a service in love is just one aspect of how we are to be as part of the kingdom of God. So very briefly, I just leave you with a question. Have you accepted his hospitality and are you willing to serve the master in service? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.